Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars. And this week, that new Range Rover... Oh, hey, listen. I know what I wanted to say to you. Adele. New Adele song. Yes. Right? Easy on me. Yes. Now, doesn't matter whether you like her or whether you don't. She's incredibly popular. It's had 124,000 million... No, 123 million views in a fortnight. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reason why I'm mentioning this on on the podcast is because there's a car in the video. Easy on me, official video. I gather. I haven't watched. Yeah. But I gather. Yeah. There's Someone a else there's told a me there's a motor, and I love the fact that it's not anything glamorous. I think because it's not a clear shot of it. I think it's an E34 5 Series BMW. This is what I was told. Yes. Yeah, you can see a. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to see. It. I can see like the back corner light because it's towing one of those very small. Um, you know what I mean? Retired person that goes to the tip trailers. And oh, yeah, is it? Well. Yeah. I'll tell you, a, a listener called Anthony, I'm going to mispronounce your surname, Anthony, I'm sure of it, Bocino, I would say, Bocino, but anyway, Anthony, Ant, he signs his email, uh, he's um, he sent us a message about this, well, he actually sent us a message, so he's asked if we could have Harry in for a podcast or an idle chat, um, <laughs> Would he? he asked, would he play along or would it be an awkward environment? I tend to think, although he looks like a semi-serious man, he may occasionally get silly. Oh, I think... Well, get I silly, think, he says, yeah. I think if we gave him a, a tumbler of um, of Tia Maria, I think he'd be very jolly. <laughs> he's a half of Kahlua, and Harry would be as giddy as a lord. <laughs> Talking um, of that, actually, in the background, you might be able to hear some two-stroke uh, annoyance. It's not actually <laughs> Harry and his finally striking up his strimmer. It's... Um, it's it's a guy cutting some high hedges in my back garden, and I can't stop him because I've been trying to book him for about two months. So you want to buy that guy's strimmer often, though, because presumably, if that's his job, he uses that strimmer constantly. So it's like buying an ex-police car. Yes, it's yeah. well used, but it's been constantly <laughs> running, and that's actually quite good for the engine in a way. That's, so, that's um, really true. It has, and it sits ex- at constant rest. White ex-gardener strimmer, no sunroof. <laughs> It's got a few holes in it where the radio used to be, but it's a it's a good good strimmer. Ex police. It's 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 it. He holds it at a constant high rev. And the other thing which I've noticed, I can it, hear it. It's very um, long reach um, arm, which is why I got him to do it because I, I can't get the reach on my uh, hedge trimmer. This is a very boring conversation. I've quickly realised that, but. Um, yeah, what was that thing of uh, Noel Gallagher's high reach hedge trimmers? That's that's, that's his other bad because he's already broken no, up with uh, it's, the high, it's, high revving. It's Noel Gallagher's high lift cams. Isn't it? <laughs> uh, um, I thought it was Noel Gallagher's. He's very lumpy, low down, but God, when you get a few revs on him. But what was it? Um, what who was BDI? Is that Liam? That's um, that's Liam. That's Liam yeah. Gallagher. So he. I always was... thought BDI sounds like it's something that a car maker would come up to denote that it's a direct injection petrol engine. 
A BDI, of course it would be. Yeah, Benzina Direct Injection or something like that. Go, oh, yeah, it's a Fiat BDI engine. Yeah, I thought it'd be well. It's yeah, it's it's Liam Gallagher's um, Cosworth BDA or the the Ford BDA, and what was the other one? It was Knowles. Uh, High sided vehicles. YBs. It, Noel was exclusively oh. Cosworth YB, wasn't it? Uh. <laughs> High revving YBs versus the BDA, um, and it's just constant feuding, Ford mechanical feuding. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, do watch Adele. Adele's well, just video. back to just back to Anthony's email. He says, "Did you guys notice that in Adele's newest video, she's driving an E thirty four five series? Yeah. Since it looks to be filmed here in the states, it's either a five two five or a five three five i. Yeah. A good knowledge, Anthony. There's one scene where you can barely see the badge on the trunk lid. I wish the camera held for a second longer because I have to know. Oh my gosh, um, it's, it's what this is what I've been doing, and I didn't even see that email. Have you been furiously pausing the? Um, I have. I've been admiring Adele's very pretty bum chin, but I've also been trying <laughs> desperately. <laughs> I've also you know, sometimes when I go back through these and I go, what am I going to call this week's podcast? And I'm just looking for a phrase that will do. And there's one already. What, Noel Adele's Gallagher's... very pretty bum chin. <laughs> Noel Gallagher's high-flying bum chins. <laughs> I'm just going to do a search, just because I need to now slake my thirst for knowledge on this no, one. No, I... Um, I I, I, I'm going to say it this. Called? It's called Go Easy on the Go Easy on Go Easy on Me. It's all about hypermiling. And but it's the, the, <laughs> the, the. I have to say the Adele songs are grower. But what's most important to me is I hope. Oh no, the hedge trimmer guy's got really close to the window. Um, I really sincerely hope that Adele went. Listen, I've got a lot of money because you know I've uh, my albums have been exceptionally successful. And I've been I've been waiting for a while to release the right one. Why doesn't she buy the M5? Because that era of M5 is quite stealth, I think. And in the way uh, that the way this is shot with the sort of going to the tip trailer, yeah. you can't tell. And, and what were those alloys that look like hubcaps that are now quite infamous that nobody seemed to like at the time? What on the on the E34? Yeah. Do you remember them? I know. And they look I'm like white wall. Just... They look like white wall tires. And awful hubcaps, and they're very watching. rare alloys. Okay, I'm, you see, I'm hoping for. I'm just what I've actually looked for is a behind the scenes. You can't watch this while we're doing the podcast. It goes on a no, while. No, I know. There's I'm, a long well, intro. I know. See, now, I mean, I know you're right. Lots of people like Adele, and so you can't argue with that, I suppose. But I, when I was like, oh, she's got a new song coming out. I wonder what it's going to be. I just go, oh, do one with drums on. Come on. Oh, yeah, she's drumless. Um, she's drumless again. It's just it's her and a piano and probably lots of very expensive production you barely notice. But I was like, just do Rolling in the Deeps type stuff. I like The like session the drumming in Rolling in the Deep was quite tight, wasn't it? it? Very tight. Very tight. Is it, have you ever heard that expression about musicians in the pocket? <laughs> no, I've never heard that. Yeah, I, I, it's a really <laughs> weird one. They go, go, oh, they're playing is in the pocket, and it just means it's like absolutely locked down tight. Well, it sounds and, better um, than lit, which it just annoys me. Yeah, people saying stuff that's. Let me just. You're just I, encouraging I arson. Uh, anyway, well, look, we could we could spend all all day looking for Adele's Adele's Adele Adele BMW. <laughs> Listen, if Adele or anyone that knows Adele is listening, please tell me that she secretly just bought an M5 because she just wanted to go straight to the top of the tree. Yeah, and it's got those it's, alloys which I've forgotten the name of, which I'm sure a listener will know of. I mean, um, it's possible that Adele has the world's largest collection of immaculate E34s 
She's rich enough. She could no. She could do. She could corner the market. Imagine if she has a. She just has a day on the internet, like today, and and in a day, using the power of some of her contacts, she, she she amasses the largest collection of E34s, but within twenty four hours. So so within <laughs> in the next twenty four hours, she's going to buy fifty M5s, and they're all going to be slightly different spec. They're all going to be really. Oh good. yeah. They're all going to have provenance. Like a, Really early one with those um, finned alloys that were supposed to cool the mm. brakes. Well, those... And then a later 3.8 with the with those lovely sort of starfish alloys on it. <clears throat> well, those finned ones, I think, are the ones I'm thinking of that look like hubcaps. You, they don't look like alloys. Yes. Yeah. And you think oh, right, they're really cheap, but they're actually not cheap. Yeah. And now they're no, exceptionally No, they're incredibly rare. expensive. I think, I think they were, um, were they not magnesium in part or something? They were ridiculously expensive. They're made from Adele's teeth, um, and they're actually incredibly uh, hard to source now, as you can imagine. Oh, what, uh, Adele's because, teeth? Well, Adele's <laughs> teeth used to be a lot easier to buy. Now you just simply can't because there's been many popular albums. And so, um, anyway, uh, well, there we go. on to more much more important things. I woke up this morning and I'm rustling some papers because I, I woke up this morning and my daughter was reading a Harry Potter book and it occurred to me that I've... <laughs> the worst blues song I've ever heard. <laughs> I woke, woke up this morning, daughter's reading a Harry Potter book, refuses to comb her hair, usual argument about breakfast, miss the train. No, well, I... I've never watched, um, I've never read a Harry Potter book and I've never watched all of a Harry Potter. Um, I feel like I'm mm. the wrong audience. So I was going to set you a little challenge this morning, Richard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if Harry Potter was aimed at a car audience, what would be the new names of all of the books? How's that? So... I think right. I can't remember how many books I, there are. There's like eight books. To, oh God, there's loads. I've, I've, I, I don't know. So if I give you the name of the the original book, there's, you've got to right. Harry Potter it. and the Philosopher's Stone <coughs> is the only one I can remember off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, there was one. That's right. The yeah. Philosopher's is that right? Uh, yeah, there is one. Or oh, the Sorcerer's Stone, I think that the Americans oh, called it from memory. You, I think it got changed for the American market. So it oh. it's actually got two names. I I'm not a big oh. Harry Potter fan. I'm sure I'll, someone will shoot me down if that's incorrect. But yeah, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. So what's that going to be called? You wanted to appeal to car fans instead. Yes. Yeah, so this is car fanatic orientated Harry Potter now. And obviously okay. there is a car in Harry Potter. We all know that. There's a Ford Anglia. Um, there's a Ford Folds Anglia. So Folds. maybe Harry Potter could be massively into his Folds, but we don't know. <laughs> yeah, <he's> okay. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps doing spells to make his. Oh, hang his, on a minute. Um, is it Harry Focus RS Stage Three Tune? Is it Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Moonstone Grey Cosworth? Oh, uh, yes. Sapphire. Yeah. Would that? Would it be that? Or would that it would just be, be yeah. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Gi Aris? He got bored of all Well, the I was going to say, what about Harry Potter and the Philosopher's STI? Oh. Which I appreciate for a wider audience would sound a bit weird <laughs> and rude, but, but I'm thinking from a car audience, they go, oh, yeah, so he's got her. Well, what about if it was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's STI WRX? I, l- I just like the ST because G- it's the beginning of Stone. 
but it's <laughs> isn't Harry it? Potter and the Philosopher's and it keeps and it keeps it, it keeps it folds, doesn't it? And which fo- which fold would it be? I mean, it's not going to be a Monday. Oh, let's go. Is it? Let's go. No, go focus. I think focus. St. Um, four cylinder or five. St. St. One seventy. That was a nice car. First was. generation, wasn't it? Yeah. Nice so car. would the philosopher have gone? Philosopher's St. One seventy. Yeah, um, I love that. There we go. That's the yeah. name. Okay, next one. Harry Potter. Sorted. I like this one. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I've got an. I think I've, oh. I've got an idea for this one. The Float Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite subtle, but car people would get it. I like they? that. I, I put. I thought Harry Potter and the Hemispherical Combustion Chamber of Mopar, which is probably a little <laughs> bit wordy. <laughs> Hemispherical <laughs> combustion. Well, I, I, I just thought, oh, well, you know, keeps it hemi. And yeah. Harry Potter's very popular in the States. Yeah. So oh, yeah, no, that would go down well. They, they love yeah. a bit of HP and the hemis. Actually, that sounds like yeah. a really good beatnik kind of band, doesn't it? Harry Potter, yes. HP and the Hemis. <laughs> HP and the Hemis. Uh, I can hear them now. Oh, it's very, very tinkly drumming, with sort of a three-piece yeah. drum kit. Yes, In fact, maybe two-piece. I'm hearing brushy drumming. <laughs> brushing for some reason. So, that's, that's more of a jazz, isn't it? But um, Well, I don't think you'll beat <laughs> Hemispherical <laughs> Combustion Chamber of Secrets or, or anything I've, on that. Um, Harry, what about Harry Potter and the, and the Prisoner of Azkaban? Or Asga, Is that what it's called? Azkaban? A-Z-K-A-B-A-N. Is that, Azkaban. It's not Harry Potter imprisoned because of a driving ban. No. Um, that's too oh. long. Hey, Harry Potter and the prisoner of Mazda AZ-1. <laughs> That'll get car people going. Very K-car, obscure oh, K-car very, reference. It's very... <laughs> sorry, it's really tickled my throat, that has... <laughs> We shouldn't be doing this when you're still riddled with the pox, should we? It's just not it's riddled. Not I'm, I'm not contagious anymore. By I the way, got... don't have a cough sweet this week because I had so many complaints about you sucking a cough sweet oh, during last week. Oh, what podcast. tinkling one around on my teeth? Tinkling one round, yes. You can't I, win. I should have dipped your mic during that bit. So you can't didn't. win in this podcast world. Fickle. Well, you fickle. can. Just don't make revolting noises whilst um, recording. I think would be the headline. Oh, that I request the request that came in from a few people. <laughs> well, next time I'm going to suggest you relentless guffing, but not reference just, it. Yeah. <laughs> this week, Johnny eats a bowl of soup throughout the entire show. Yeah. Um, no, go I, on. Give I us, a, give us one more Harry Potter ha- title. Oh, well, there's, I mean, there's a couple. There's a, you, you, you'll find a good one. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Uh, well, what about <laughs> Harry Potter and the Goblet of uh, Fiat Uno Fire? <laughs> the Goblet of Fiat. Go oh, yeah. The, the, no, the Goblet of Fiat Uno Fire because <laughs> they, yeah, the engine in those cars was called the Fire Engine, wasn't it? The fully integrated robotized engine. Oh my gosh, yes. I like that. And they were about, or Panda, the Fiat Panda fire. I think yours wins. I, I was going down the road of fire and I thought, oh, what, what, what sort of very fiery that I always think of. I thought of Harry Potter and the burnt Aventador Valance, which is probably a little bit, <laughs> again, a little bit long for a film title. I don't yeah. know. Well, what about Harry Potter and the goblet of six-wheeled Range Rover X airport fire engine? Oh yeah, no. What are those really flat, wide, specific fire engines for for airports? That... No, those are tugs, aren't they? 
Well, they do a they do one with a cannon on the roof that fits about 12, 12 uh, men in. Oh, I know what you mean. Yes, sorry, yes. And they look like yeah, they'd be too big for a road. They yeah. look There's like, a lot of airport vehicles, though, that are sort of mutants that aren't allowed out of airports, are they? Because no. they're too big. But that's what I love about them. They're, they look very international rescue, like they're not real. Yes. And because we yeah, don't yeah, see them outside of airports, that maybe they are all owned by Jeff Tracy. Nobody's ever. They look like toys, don't they? They Look like really cool toy yeah. fire engines, but real size. I saw one for sale on someone's front lawn in Leicestershire um, about a year what? ago. Seriously, I kid you not. There was one of those <clears throat> on someone's an airport fire engine. An airport fire engine, very wide and unnecessary, and it had a cannon on the roof, and it had a, it just had a like a cutout cereal box in the window, which just says for sale. I I, oh, I, I, I tried to do a. I tried to do a, a U-turn to take a photo, but I was it was quite a congested area. Um, so there we go. That was interesting. Um, now this one, I think you're gonna you're gonna do well on Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. The, um, the Order of the Phoenix. Couldn't well, tell I suppose you what happened, the, the obvious one is Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix Four, who bought MG Rover. Oh shit! Yeah, that's really good. That's really, really then it's good. What, it's Harry, I think I did that as a mock poster on Sniff Petrol. <laughs> I like that. The Phoenix Harry Potter Four. ends up living in South Birmingham and Dem- driving a company into the ground by accident. That that they would be my perfect idle chat to get the Phoenix Four back together. I mean, who, who needs <laughs> who needs Led Zeppelin to do another concert Just, when you can get? Those I'm going to reunite the Fab Four. Well, aren't two of them dead? No, I mean the guys who ran MG Rover for about four or five years before <laughs> and, it all went to shit and just sucked it dry. Yeah. Uh, I, okay, I've put Harry Potter and the cancelled order of the Pontiac Phoenix. Because I realised, well, it was a very crap car, and hence the cancelled order, um, made from 77 to 84. And the reason why the order was cancelled in my head is because they still were selling it with a two and a half litre Iron Duke engine, which in a full size American car would have been quite pitiful, I feel. The um, Iron Duke was the four-cylinder, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the very strong but not very sophisticated Willis Jeep motor, I think. And um, it was, yeah, because I, I always like the name of that engine. I always just go, it sounds magnificent. But I, I gather from what I know about it, it was a bit of a well, it boat was, anchor. Maybe. I don't know, American certain. listeners may now set us correct on this. but um, Well, imagine buying one in 1983, an Iron Duke engine full-size Pontiac to drive around, <laughs> to drive around in America with. I think it would was be it, disappointing. It was quite big for a four, wasn't it? It was like a two... Two and, two and two a half... Point, Two and a half. I think it was two point five. But it made yeah. like seventy five horsepower or something. Oh yeah. But you look it's it up. Classic you, American engine. You Google Pontiac Phoenix, you'll know what it's about. Harry seventy five horsepower, but two hundred and nine pound foot of torque. <laughs> really, really, really lusty engine. <laughs> it's, at at, at seven hundred revs. That's heavy plant. That is heavy plants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can hear you can hear each combustion stroke <laughs> happening at idle. Boom. Bumf, Harry bumf. Potter and the Half Blood Prince. You'll you'll do a good job of this. I know you will. Ooh. Uh, I was going to say Harry. <laughs> <laughs> what? Harry Harry Potter and the Half Tracked. But I can't remember what Half Tracked. <laughs> Kubelwagens. No. Uh, no. Yeah. There is um. There was an ex German World War Two. Wasn't it a half track, half motorbike? I think it might have been a BMW. Yes. 
Oh yes, with a sidecar. Yeah, with a sidecar. So maybe that's yeah. your bag. Maybe. Or um, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Nissan Prince. Oh, now which is a, <laughs> okay. Now we're talking sort of sort of um, Japanese limo, wasn't it? Well, I, Prince was a car company. I was. I well, I, I'm I'm going to go in with Harry Potter and the plug-in hybrid or half electric NSU Prince. Ah, because. <laughs> <laughs> What about Harry Potter and the Half Restored Prince? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got under, loads of exterior yeah. trim missing because it's quite hard to find these days. And is it is there a subtitle underneath which says yes, another unfinished project? <laughs> so it is one of those ones. Yeah, he's been working on it for some time. Yes, he's put too much money into the wrong area of the project. Yes, he's he's giving up. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Half Restored and the Half Restored NSE Prince. Prince. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's maybe. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, there, there is. There's the Deathly Hallows, <laughs> and then there's the Cursed Child. Don't know if you want to throw in any shade onto either of those. Um, the Cursed Child. Yeah, I thought Ooh. of I thought of Curse something along the Curse system on that one. Oh, I don't. <laughs> you could go a little bit Formula One tech there, couldn't you? Yeah, I'm sure yeah. Potter's massive. He's a big fan of George Russell. Well, He's... that um, electric MG that I drove not that long ago, the estate one, was it the MG5? Yes, um, electric one has adjustable regen. Yes, but the button is labelled Kurs. It's quite cool. Oh, is it? Yeah, but yet nobody really calls it that in Britain. No, no. Do I just went. That's oh, all right. Every time I use that button, I think of Formula One. Well done, MG. That's quite clever. Even though you're not in Formula One, but yeah, it's quite a nice. Do you know button what? That's well, probably a, a closer shiny. connection to Formula One than most other road cars that are affiliated with Formula One, perhaps. Yes. So yes. okay, Harry Potter and the MG Kurs paddle. MG. <laughs> 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 Oh, hey, totally unrelated, but did you see the new Mercedes SL that they announced the other day? I actually didn't. I missed it. Oh. It's bizarre, because I assumed it's now officially the Mercedes AMG SL, so it's, you know, they're, they're doing that on that side of things. <laughs> and um, But it, it looks like a two-seater, and it's got a couple of little seats in the back, like SLs always have. So it's a two-plus-two so two again? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't managed to find a photo where they show you how much legroom there isn't in the back seat. But, you know, I think people just like those back seats to chuck stuff on as well, don't they? Well, it, so, I um, mean, surely the size of it, it should be a 2 plus 2 because it seems to be quite a lacklustre design in so much as it's not really clever packaging, it's not exceptionally fast, it's perhaps no more comfortable than... Well, that's where I think they've gone with this new one, is that they've decided to make it more sporty, sporty. Okay. And um, it looks more like a sort of, you can see bits of, um, you know, the, um, uh, what's it called? AMG GT, isn't it? Yeah, well, what what I was going to say, why why don't they just do an AMG GT that's just pure Christopher Cross uh, easy listening spec? I don't and know, then call you can get it the, the GT SL. as a convertible car, but I guess that's the thing because that's a two seater. They've they've decided that. But could, so it's but it's like a totally new car. It's aluminium as well, which is you know bloody hell, uh, expensive and to do, I guess. And but yeah, it looks more spotty on the outside. I would say compared to some previous SLs. It's got it's got to be a lost leader. 
because and well, other, it's other weird they've done it in the first place. Other, isn't it? Other, Can you imagine? No other car companies would have killed the mm. name off quietly. I mean, look, Volkswagen killed the Golf convertible. That was actually still selling. Like people were still really buying it, not as much were as they? they were. Well, globally, I mean, really, yeah. But like they've just quietly killed it, and yet it was going for how many years? 40, 40 years. Well, they got in a right buggers muddle with that, didn't they? Because then they they brought out the EOS. They were sort of cannibalising themselves a little bit. I they did the, the EOS, EOS and metal roof, but even so, and now, it's a bit yeah, you know, now, either or. Well, now you have to buy the convertible SUV crossover. I um, actually forgotten the name of it. Is it T Rock? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is, isn't it? So, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think I actually can't remember, but it's, 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 the T stands for the <clears throat> the Rock. So it's, it's Dwayne. It's the Rock. Yeah, it's the Volkswagen Dwayne convertible, which is yeah. fine for some markets. <laughs> Can you smell what the T Rock is? <laughs> 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 um, I uh, what was it? I was going to say. Oh, um, going back to Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, it's just occurred to me that there was a car company called Phoenix. Um, but it was sort of 1903 era. Oh, right. So, I was going to say there was also Phoenix, which was Lee Noble's new company. Oh. That didn't seem to go anywhere. Okay, so could we put that then, the cancelled Order of the Phoenix? The, yeah, Harry, what's it called? The Order of the Phoenix? The yeah. Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter and the... Yeah, Harry Potter and the still pending Order of the Phoenix, because nobody really knows what's going on. Uh, I feel very... Um, I'm a bit. I don't know. I had to have my root canal done the other day, and I think I'm still a bit woozy. <laughs> I don't feel. Like did you? Did they do what? Uh, stage three? It was well. Root canal. It was all right, actually. I don't want to put anyone off having it because it was. It was better than I thought. The worst bit was just having to lie there for almost an hour with my mouth open. That's the most <laughs> unpleasant bit. But that's but they, how they you properly. They novocaned my face to bilio. That's just a and, typical uh, medium length drive for you, though, isn't it? Mouth. Yeah, but I'm not a mouth open driver. <laughs> You're not a grill <laughs> sifter, are you? <laughs> no, old Elfin Evans, um, Elfman Evans would have uh, would have that would have been a walk in the park for him. They'd have gone. You can close your mouth now, Mister Evans. No, I don't need to. I'll be fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> Just going to leave it open. Um, I actually can't remember how to close my mouth these days. <laughs> It's it's, so, ram, it's ram um, it's ram air to cool the back of ram the air. Teeth. That's what it is. Yeah, to cool the rear gums because obviously when you go yeah. hot into a corner and you if you haven't cooled them down, yeah, uh, you know you'll get break you'll get gum fade and we all, we all <laughs> bite. Fades. Nobody wants bite fade. <laughs> Getting no purchase on this piece of toast. Oh, I've got I've got that's teeth awful. Fade. Oh, yeah, I've just gone straight in with cool. a with a Brayburn apple and I just can't. I've got the clench that I need. <laughs> I just need that. Need that. that clench. Uh, you know, I was oh, on Instagram man. and I there was a picture of an enormous. I know this is just a sort of thing that just weirdos enjoy. It's one of those pictures of a ship's crankshaft in a factory oh. with two blokes with with hard hats on with clipboards next to it for for scale. For human was it scale. like a quarter of a mile long? It just says, this is the crankshaft for a Vortzeiler Solzer RT A96-C engine. Catchy. The largest yeah. reciprocating engine in the world used in a large con- container ship. It's 1,810-litre engine. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say that again. It's 1,810-litre engine generates... Uh, generates 108,920 horsepower at 102 RPM. 
Sorry, hang on. Whoa, whoa. 108. So I'm st- 902. So basically 110,000 horsepower at 102 RPM. <laughs> 102. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, and, it, and it idles. Get this, Richard. You're going to love this. It idles at 22 RPM, which is three, oh, which is almost three seconds per rotation. Three seconds. My God. Three seconds. <clears throat> so, wow. just when you think, oh yeah, we should we should probably do a bit more plastic recycling or less single use plastic, or maybe we shouldn't go on that cruise ship holiday. Well, bear in mind that that thing is when it's running, it's probably using oil crude oil diesel in by the ton rather than by the liter yeah that what's that really filthy stuff that boats run on out it is sea? it is filthy it's, it's, it's crude, tar isn't it yeah it, it is dirt yeah. and just so in anyone's interested the, the said crankshaft weighs 300 tons and that's just Oof. the crankshaft so goodness knows what the rest of the engine weighs bloody hell, bloody hell. i know so how, i'd love to know what the bore is on that thing how many cylinders does it say um, it doesn't. I'm, I'm going to find that out. But if anyone wants to know, it is the Vought Siler, as in Wart, S-I-L-A-S-U-L-Z-E-R. Vought Siler Solzer RT-A-96-C. If anyone as wants ever, to... If it, I'll do some research on this and <clears throat> stick the details up on the Patreon. Uh, if, and we do the show notes every week for people who are patrons so they can see a little bit of supplemental information and pictures and stuff relating to the podcast. I gather that quite a few people like to read the show notes before they listen to the podcast. Oh, do they? And then sort of try and guess what the merry hell is going on. Oh, gosh, so, I'm not um, sure. God, that must be quite it's, confusing. It's almost like a sort of perverse reverse engineering of the mind and then you find out what the answers are um but either way yes we're uh, i was talking to someone the other day uh, who basically said you should mention your patreon more and i said i think you're probably right we should okay but ready anyway, so patreon, patreon, patreon 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 all days and onions patreon 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 we have a patreon page this is why your career in advertising didn't go very far, isn't it? Patreon, 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 Patreon. Comments mustard, okay. Comments mustard, comments mustard, comment, comment. Go on then, you do, um, you do it in like a sort of like football chant. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What? Patreon? Yeah, but like, like Smith & Sniff Patreon. You know, like as if you're pointing. You're in the gallery. you got a you got a tub of carling. You're pointing at the ref, probably. 
that's the sort of that's that's the that's the kind of atmosphere I'm trying to conjure. Do they know? shout Coleman's mustard at Norwich football? <laughs> I don't. A local product. I don't. I don't know. I just feel like it's sort of the thing they should, they might do or they could do. <laughs> they could just shout, local businesses. There aren't that many. Coleman's shout mustard, Delia Lotus, Smith. At Delia Smith. Cookbooks. Just shouting. Cookbooks. 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 It's like a sort of Norfolkian hacker. They just shout the names of local products and services. <laughs> Norfolkian hacker. That's it's brilliant. quite intimidating when you're up close to it. Yeah. Just a man absolutely screaming his lungs about Hunstanton owl surgery. Oh, it's it's very. It can get dark. It can get very. <laughs> it can get <laughs> very very dark very quickly. Yeah. The side the side side sardine museum in Great Yarmouth. You try shouting that aggressively at someone's face. Yeah. Is there really a sardine museum? I'm pretty sure there is. Uh, it's definitely to do with the the the, the, the pilchard or the sardine wars um, back in the olden days of oh. industrial fishing, back when there yeah. were lots of fish and no one was counting them. They were just taking yeah. them out of the ocean and just putting them in cans. until there were none left, and then leaving it a bit and going back to see if they'd exactly. replenished themselves. <clears throat> oh, there's no fish yeah. left. I'll tell you what. Let's have a couple of breakfasts. I'll get forty tabs. Uh, you f- you f- you fill up the t- the trawler. <laughs> no, wait, hang on. And we'll wait around. No, he hasn't. He hasn't found tobacco yet. We're going to have to wait for that. Oh shit. Um, okay. Actually, no. I might have got my timeline wrong there. Hang on. I don't know. I'm not very good at history. When did they find tobacco? I'm not sure. I think they found it quite a long time ago, Richard. They did find it quite a long time well, ago. I think pre-trawlers. Kind of... Pre-trawlers. I'm going to. Well, say. I don't know. When do you, when when's your trawler fleet? My, like, I, like 18th century? No, 19th I'm, I'm century. talking about 1960s, 1950s. Oh, right now. you're talking about the tra- post war, oh, right, post World okay. War Two. Oh, okay. I think the right. term yes, trawler okay. is obviously a specific kind of, of of boat. I know they obviously caught with nets prior yeah. to the term trawler. Oh. I feel like I'm in too yes, deep suppose, now. Because when did they invent really big nets? Well, this is it, and and mechanically operated kind of drag nets. And ting. Well, they must. I mean, but well, I suppose industrial revolution probably mechanised things, didn't it? I don't know. Uh, join us again on Smith and Sniff when we will uh, talk about two mechanised trawling. Two men <laughs> blindly guessing at a significant aspect of history. Surely that deserves a John Peel session. Mechanised trawling. <laughs> that is definitely yeah, two, two more from mechanised trawling later. Um, <laughs> now, look, guys, listen. Hey, we should actually talk about a car because um they finally announced the new range rover last week oh yeah we, we went to a secret preview of it a few weeks ago yeah up at their gaden r&d center in warwickshire and then we'd signed something that said please don't talk about this until we've we've announced the car so we didn't um oh yeah and then i was supposed to do like a a proper video walk around in a real studio with it but then i my my daughter threw some covid at me so i had to go mm. into hiding and i couldn't film it unfortunately so this is the only chance i'm going to get to talk about it i think yeah i'm <clears> assuming <throat> everyone has sort of seen it by now if they're interested yeah like seen the seen the car um we i'm i i can only i mean obviously it's uh, uh, Style is personal and taste and those things. I know. But I, I really like the way it looks. I though I saw people sort of go, oh, it just looks like the old one. And it's like from the front, it does, and it's probably the most cautious evolution of a Range Rover front end because if you think about every previous generation of Range Rover, was a big change at the front. Like the second one got rectangular lights, mm. and then the third one. Well, I suppose they sort of the third one 
was quite a, a, an evolution generally in that it just sort of looked more expensive and bigger, didn't it? And then the last generation brought that swept back nose. Yep. And then this this new one carries that on, but well, the headlights are actually sort of smaller, and the bonnet, that clamshell bonnet, that's one of the you know they always say is one of the sort of design features of the Range Rover, has got a lot shallower, and you don't realise how much shallower it's got until you see it. Subtle clamshell, continuous belt line, falling <laughs> roof line. Also in <laughs> well, yeah, rising sail line and tailored boat tail effect is what I'm. But when they are you reading this? And no D finisher, flush glazing. No. Well, we'll get to that. Oh, this in a is minute, my poetry. From, no, this is my modern. Oh, prose. is it? This is like some kind of crazy <clears throat> haiku from. I'll say the, it again, but, but slightly the, AM, AMSR, if you want. ASMR, AMSR, yeah, that. AS, AMR Racing. Um, yes, they, um, but they, they were doing. Oh, these are the Range Rover signifiers, and they were going falling roofline. And I was like, uh hum, hang on a friggin' minute. That that only started with the last one. Don't start trying to claim that. If you look at the first three generations of Range Rover, the roofline doesn't fall away. No. They're really sort of square. In fact, they are. They just started doing it on the last one, yeah. which is one of the reasons why the last car was no good for us on um, making car telly shows because it fell too much. The, yeah, and, and we used to use third-generation Range Rovers as tracking cars because you could get a camera person in the boot with a camera on some sort of small uh, legs, tripod legs, and put the lower tailgate up so they were sort of nicely, safely shut in. Mm. And then uh, you got plenty of room for a nice big camera lens to get a little bit of range of movement and, and film tracking shots for cars. Fourth-generation Range Rover came along because the roof dropped down a bit and the boot was a different shape. We couldn't get people in the boot anymore. It was completely knackered us. Had to shift to Discovery 4. Well, you guys, Top top Gear, as was, um, pretty much made that the, the, the quiet industry standard tracking vehicle, really. Um, on fifth gear, we couldn't afford Range Rovers, so we often used to use Discoveries or sometimes Peugeot 3008s. <laughs> but, oh. um, yeah. <laughs> But um, no, well, I, we just used to rent the Range Rovers. We never bought a Range Rover. We just used to rent them from a company. That, but I mean, obviously, that is quite expensive to rent a Range Rover. We did a deal, I think. It was about four and grand then, a day, and then you realise you could have bought one after no. four days of filming. <laughs> yeah. but, oh shit! Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't buy this, but I do buy a clamshell bonnet definitely, and identify as a Range Rover. And then and they went, oh, we've made it much shallower, and then it means that 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 the, the line of the, the the edge of the clamshell and the front wing then carries on down the car but they've made that that gap that shut line much tighter which means that the line running down the car can be much uh narrower and just looks more sort of accurate and crisp i think what they've but, done is because for are you were saying from the front when they when they first tugged the cloth off the car mm. uh, i i i didn't i didn't entirely notice what what had been done and i think it's a it's a bit of a grower um where you look longer at it, like a maybe piece mm. of art or something, and when you look longer, you realise the subtleties come out at you, and you go, "Oh yeah, yeah, actually." And I suppose just just ripping something up and starting it again doesn't mean it's going to be better. It just means it's going to be more radical, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing. Well, also, I think a lot of car companies would rub sand in their own eyes to have something as recognisable as a Range Rover in their lineup. So it's in Land Rover's interests not to bugger it up by throwing away all they've got. Mm. So I could see why you want that continuity, definitely. And there has been continuity across all the Range Rovers. But what's quite interesting is when we went to that presentation, uh, which was in what was 
only about two years ago announced as the new Jaguar design studio and now they've basically decided there's no demarcation so the new Jaguar studio just becomes part of the Um, overall design centre at Gaydon which is quite awkward because out in the viewing yard they've got this massive walled in viewing yard outside that had a big Jaguar logo on the wall and you can still see where they've peeled it off but um, out in that viewing yard they'd got the new car nose to nose with the outgoing car and that was quite a clever move on their part because when you saw them together, suddenly the old car, which I still think is a tremendously handsome thing, looked a bit fussy and dated. And you realise how much work they have actually done. Yes, it does from the front. It looks like the old one, or it's reminiscent of it. But the more you look at it, you go, actually, no. It's all kind of tidied up. It's like the way that the Evoke, like the, the current Evoke, looks like the old Evoke. But you see them together and the old one suddenly looks a bit busy and a bit fussy and and the new one looks more expensive and yeah. cleaner well the lot weirdly i i wasn't a massive fan of the last range rover aesthetically you're not no really no i, I think I, it's, it's i think it's aged beautifully <clears throat> i really like it i think it probably has aged well I, I can't get my head around the 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 radiator stuck on the door which just irritated me every time i saw it it just made me want to mutter yeah i would have that colored in if i was I just I had been in the position to order a new one but that's the thing with a new range rover there's that feature on the door now and they're not pretending it's a grill no but as it's far not, as I can work out, you cannot have it coloured in. It has to be some kind of contrast thing. Uh, nothing that a body shop can't can't help you with. Well, there. exactly, yeah. Um, or a bit of that. That's right. And the 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 the, the, um, the back end is the probably the the more radical slash divisive part of the mm. of the dub the new mm. the new Range Rover. And I really like it. I think. Uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of innovation with the the tailgate. Um, the way the tailgate comes down and the seating arrangement to make that more of a feature, but I love the fact that the the lights are like vertical sta- thin vertical stacks that are sort of hidden when they're not on. There's, yeah. a, there's there is a whiff. I said uh, when I was there, didn't I? I think there's a whiff of Cadillac about it, but in a good way. Good Cadillac, not bad Cadillac. Yeah, you spotted Cadillac because vertical <clears throat> lights like that, sort of thin vertical lights, are very Cad. Cadillacs have had those since what the sixties, seventies, certainly. Oh yeah, but but earlier. I yeah. thought it's it's what's odd about that that back end, which I like as well. But the, it's got a sort of vestigial boot lid almost. You know, there's like a, there's more of a an ass poking out than there has been on previous cars, and that reminded me of of all things that Ford O twenty one C concept from a few years ago that um, what's his name Mark Newson did for Ford. It's just got that sort of O twenty one tiny little tiny little like Kardashian bum bit pokes out. It and is then those co- very thin lights. It is con- convex. Isn't it ever so slight? But then, those lights are really tricksy because to get them as thin as they are and still as legal, you know, Bright. legal brightness and all that. Did you hear this bit when someone I can't remember someone was telling the LEDs are pointing the inwards, not outwards. Is yeah, that right? the LEDs point forwards basically, but then there are reflectors. They hit reflectors, and that reflects the light then backwards through the outer lenses of the of the lamp. So you don't see the direct LED; you see the reflection. Yeah, of. and that was done for to get the brightness, but also for packaging reasons because they're quite hard to package. So, it's and then the indicators are actually in the <clears throat> horizontal strip that's on the bootlid itself, and they're hidden till lit, unless you buy it in America, because you know Americans are allowed to have red flashing indicators that are basically the brake lights that also flash. That's which right. Baffles me. Oh, it's the constant so if you buy one in America. battle with an old classic, yeah. classic American car here. 
Yeah, because newer American cars, you have to sort of hack the multiplex wiring, don't you, to fix it. But yeah, if you buy one of these new Rangers in America, the, you don't have the separate indicators in the horizontal black din bit. You just have those verticals, and they are brake lights and nighttime, you know, rear lights, and they also flash to be your indicators. So it's sort of one-stop shop. But yeah, I asked one of the designers, and I asked one of the engineers what was the hardest part of that car or what was the biggest battle to get it the way you wanted it and they both said it was the back end yeah because you've got to package those tricksy lights and then that tailgate because one of them explained it to me he said like you think it's just a flap and it folds down that bottom tailgate and it's not because it's because it's um convex yeah uh, it actually sort of has to do a movement out and down and you want it to then maintain a flush floor to the rest of the boots and now they've got this seat that integrates into it the seats neat and it's got to be powered as well now because the last one had a powered tailgate it's like as a piece of engineering and then the whole boot on the long wheelbase one has got to be capable of packaging the extra seats because for the first time it's a seven seater as an option i was gonna say that and that's i think that's so i'm so pleased by that i always thought that was a bit of a mistake i know they were trying to differentiate it between discovery and um, that kind of thing, but at the same time, yeah. like seven seats should be just an option that you can always go for. It was that was led by the American market, apparently. Wasn't apparently it? so, yeah. Because um, well, if you think like those sort of people with big families or who just want lots of space, which Americans always seem to, then you know it's like you you might have had to default to some kind of Escalade or something. Oh god, Mercedes. I bet a Mercedes GLS would have been yes. Up there. And now, I've heard GLS have brought out a new album. Um, yeah, yeah, they've, they've had a come. They've got a, they've got a comeback album. Quite ballady. Um, Everybody in the club. Yeah. So yeah, I was kind of I, I I like the exterior of the car, and I think. But then yeah, you know, you mentioned the D pillar. Yeah. It was always. I mean, again, there was always a signified Range Rover, and it was it was original car. It was black vinyl. Well, actually, it wasn't. It was body coloured, and they realised that you could see the ripples in the aluminium on it. <laughs> so they put black vinyl over it as a quick fix to cover it. I love that. I love that. That's so. And it became a design feature. It did, <laughs> and that's carried on. And now there is no ex- sort of separate visible D pillar. It's just glass right to the back, yeah, with black underneath it. All the cars we saw at that preview had the privacy glass, but. And I assume they just made it standard because for some reason everyone wants it, even though I personally yeah. think it's awful. But a lot of people don't. They like it. Yep. Uh, but no, privacy glass is still optional. But if you look, the third window, the, the window by the boot, is actually quite small. There's a lot of blacking in around it. And I wonder what it's going to look like without privacy glass. Yeah, yeah. If it'll look weird. It'll look like you've got a sort of <clears throat> porthole at the back. I'm not sure. And whether it will sort of spoil the effect a bit. It's, I mean, it's one of the bits of design I'm not, that back window, I'm not sure about for two reasons. That, and also, when I was looking at it compared to the old car, they've gone so minimalist on the new car, they've tried to take away bits of trim wherever they can. So, like every other car, pretty much that I can think of, at the bottom of the windows on the doors, there's a trim strip. That's which right. Which is your weather strip that seals, stops, so that water stops doesn't get in. Algae and moss and leaves. That new Range Rover doesn't have it. The glass is just sitting against the metalwork, and then the weather strip and the weather ceiling is inside the door somehow. I know this is some new engineering. It trick is. A, they've come it, up they with. have cleaned it up almost obsessively. Obsessively, and like the way that the roof joins the body side again, hidden hidden join there, so that's all smooth and sleek again, just sort of minimalism. But the minimalism has gone too far for me on that back window because. 
if you look at the current car and most other cars, the, the top of the door, the top of the window frame on the door is still a sort of visible strip. And on the old Range Rover, they, then there's a piece of trim runs across the third side window, the boot window, <laughs> that matches that, so you get a consistent line down. They've got rid of it on the new car, but from some angles that makes it look like you've ordered the van version. It just looks like it's got a panelled-in back. With privacy glass on a dark car, it looks like it's panelled in. And um, I sort of feel like just a little bit of trim would have helped. It's almost to like you're a, you're that. an owner of, of of previous Range Rovers. The detail that you're <laughs> yeah, all, you're studying it's like I, I I've spent a lot of time I, looking at Range Rovers. Although yeah. I have to say, kudos for the the precision on the front grille, the disguised radars and sensors, and the fact that the the the, the normal Range Rover has a grill shape, a sort of egg crate grill, which really reminds me of a Rover P6 V8 Series Two. And oh, that, yeah. that pleases me massively. Most people won't care or know, but I I dig that because I love the Series 2 P6 V8. And then the, the higher-ranking car gets these sort of two-bar lower grille intakes, which I actually think look cheaper than the entry-level ones, but I don't yeah. know. That's just me. Well, here's the thing. So the very the, the base model, in inverted commas, it starts at 94 and a bit grand. It's basically 95 grand. So base model That's as cheap as it goes. Base model in the old car was eighty three oh. in this country. So they've they've made quite <clears> a leap, but I think they'd probably argue, well, it's got more stuff on it. Every Range Rover comes with four wheel steering now. Yeah, so, that is something I'm looking forward to playing with because it's apparently transforms the sort of um, the city drivability. Not that it's a really a, an appropriate city car, uh, although the person I'm talking to on the podcast has got one and lives in a city. But um, well, I, you know I, that it's 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 actually a tiny tiny bit narrower than the old car across the mirrors. I think it's because the mirrors are narrower. That's why it's, it's, the mirrors. it's not got wider. Put it that way, but it has got longer. So yeah, and then of course the long wheelbase one is absolutely mahoosa. So. I wonder if this is going to start, um, and I would love it to start a trend of cars actually getting smaller but no less roomy inside, because it's all mm. possible. Well, it has got more roomy, hasn't it? Because the wheelbase has grown a bit. So yeah, that's. So it's more room in the back. Also, the the third row of seats, I'm really pleased. They don't seem to be token. They were saying a ninety percentile, um, yeah, ninety percentile uh, adult um, can fit in the back. It's got fifty mil more knee room in the middle seat when no one is in. Did the you third sit in row. those back rows? No, I didn't get. T- I didn't get chance. I was too busy perving over the sort of picnic tailgate thing. <laughs> yeah. I got in the back of the of the seven seater, and my head touched the roof. But I'm six foot three. I was sitting next to someone who's about five foot nine, and he had loads of room. Okay. Um, it's not bad. And also, I could get in and out with reasonable dignity, even with my dicky knee. So I'd say that's that's quite useful as well. Kids will have no problem. Um, unless they're my son getting out of the back of my 911 the other day when he got his foot caught on the seatbelt and did a massive face plant onto the pavement. <laughs> got a big nosebleed. And now refuses to go near your car. No, I've coaxed him back in again. But no, he gets out in a very cautious way now. And Fair enough. Um, big big um, shout out to, to the Cavardrac crew as well. I just need to say that while we're talking about the new Range Rover. Um, oh yes, I know. They, they, they see Land Rover to their credit were quite early on the on the kind of non leather prestige textile option. And I feel yeah, like they kicked it off with the Velar, didn't they? They kicked it off with the Velar, and I liked it. I thought it was really smart, and I but I know it was an expensive option. I think it probably didn't get the marketing. 
um, that mm. it that it deserved. But a um, big shout out to Kavardrak crew: thirty percent wool, seventy percent polyester, PVC free, <laughs> with ninety nine percent of the solvents recaptured during the process. So is a Danish company, <laughs> is that right? I I think so. Um, but it's am I right? Some of some of the parts of it are made in the are made in Britain. Is it the British wool? I can't remember, but I know that. Oh, there is wool, isn't there? Yeah, there's a good percentage of wool in it, and I know well, all I know is that it feels better than to me. It looks special. Yes, it feels better like than it. leather. It's it nice. moves the game on from the sort of leather boredom, even though yeah, leather in that absolutely. car is probably very high quality. Um, and there's well, there's different grades of it as well, isn't it? But yeah, I've well, the aniline, the aniline top spec leather, which is wonderful. But I'm just sort of over it. I just want a slightly different textile. So, they told me there was a lady hmm. from Color and Trim and and you know interior department who said um, it's almost furniture grade. Which I was a bit like, why is it just not furniture grade? But you know, car leather has to be so hard wearing and meet all different sort of regs that it's it, it's it's a complicated thing. But uh, someone else said, hang on a minute, if you, you're offering wool, then so that's not going to appeal to vegans. Okay. And she said, well, no car interior is vegan because there's a lot of glue in there. And I hadn't really thought about that. But then it's like Polestar are claiming a vegan interior, aren't they? But I wonder yeah. if they're either are they not using any glue they're not they no fitting? they're going for a kind of late 80s early 90s headlining which um as you know after about five years of ownership starts to drape down like a stage curtain onto the people <laughs> in the car <laughs> is it montego slash range rover p38 oh, montego all british cars of the and 70s and 80s do that don't they? so what they did is it's like when you lick a postage stamp before putting it on an envelope they just used to liberally lick the roof of the car and then stick the headlining up and went, oh, it'll be fine for at least two years. Then once the warranty's out, you get a little bit of drape coming down from one of the corners. And then you realise one day, usually when you're in a quite a frantic driving situation, the entire headliner just comes and wraps you like a shit Halloween ghost. <laughs> and then <laughs> you end up right, writing your car off because you get kidnapped by your own headlining. <laughs> Which is, uh, again, probably a peel session. Um, but but it's like the, the old TVR PR man told me once he took a customer out for a test drive in um, a, a Cerbera, I guess, because it was a hard roof car. And during the test drive, the, <laughs> the headlining fell down, which was was dangerous, <laughs> but also embarrassing for him because they managed to stop safely and then sort of got the headline out of the way to reveal that on the roof panel underneath, <laughs> there was an enormous cock and balls drop. No, you're joking. What the glue had been painted on in in with in a dick shape? Or? I don't know. I think they, the the body the people who laid up the fiberglass used to leave little oh my gosh, and, and it was their <laughs> colleagues knowing that they'd be covered by trim. But yeah, he he said you can peel back the boot carpet a lot of TVRs and you'll find all manner of of smuts back there. That's just amazing. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. gosh, that's probably tickled me. Uh, how, so how, anyway, yeah, New Range. What else is interesting about the New Range Rover? I mean, it's 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 big. It's brand new. I, one of the engineers said they, their initial thought was, "Well, we'll just take the old one and we'll redo it. Uh, you know, use the understructure and just redo." But they they didn't for two reasons. First of all, they can't fit the batteries in the old structure, which they need for the Fev and the eventual EV one, and also because they wanted greater body stiffness, and it's now fifty percent stiffer than the last one. I know. Which is I, good for I, refinement. Okay. I, 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 I'm gonna. I would like to finish the the Range Rover chat with um, the the plug-in hybrid. The Fev is impressive. Sixty-two miles, I think it is, electric yeah. only, which is damn yeah. useful for a huge amount of journeys. 
so I'm impressed that they brought that out straight away. I'm a bit disappointed that you can't uh, well, wait for mm, two it's years. It's sort of not. What, not straight if away? If you order one right now and you want it as soon as possible, you'll have to have just the regular petrol or diesel. Uh, the will be following along next year. I'll have to I order think. a pilchard catching trawler instead. That's a real shame. Yeah. But it is coming. The EV is... 2024 yeah which is i just think is too far away but they keep sort of whispering about how it might be earlier but basically what i've heard on the grapevine is that they had to start again on that because their initial plan was not right what? and so it's been delayed because they've had to sort of have a rethink i wonder if the delay and now they're rushing to get out as fast as possible yeah well that's the rumor I, I would have liked the, a full ev version to be available from launch really what with the climate of you know, Rivian, who are imminently going to be launching a, a pretty impressive SUV, uh, similar size car. But hey, you know, I think that's really good. And also, not mass- not not the most important aspect to the Range Rover, but the elevating trinket table inside that rises like Tracy <laughs> Island launch pad is just amazing. And even if you don't like the rest of the car and you never want to buy one, you know, I'm not a Range Rover driver, really. The elevating trinket table, really, I got a bit of a semi when I saw that one. I thought that was absolutely storming. Bloody amazing. Wow, this is an old record box. It's uh, elevated trinkets. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really good. It's like a business class flight table with very it is very snazzy good it is definitely snazzy do you know it's talking of the electric one though which which will be along at some point but that, if you look at the life cycle of well the last car was what 10 years so this one you assume would be the same which means that in the uk and several other places that new range rover will end its life as an electric car yeah which is quite interesting i think it's really interesting because look you know the merc have announced they're going to be doing an electric g-wag which will be mm. it's just great because if you like that kind of size and shape of car and you refuse to deviate from that um mm. that template a full ev one with 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 a ton of torque and um quiet cruisability is just going to be great mm. i know people are going to go yeah well i want the amg version with the loud side pipes well unfortunately that means you're a veiny prong so i'm not really interested yeah i think for g-wagon people <clears throat> who like to roar about being pricks that might be a problem but range rovers you know the, the quieter and and more talky a range rover is the nicer it, it is often yeah so yeah i yeah i think it'll work fine in a range rover and i did it's funny because i was looking at it when we were at that preview and i was thinking it's a nice looking car but it is definitely quite in your face. It's big. You can bling it up to the max if you have that SV spec. Yes. Um, even the base model, because I've been playing on the configurator, if you go with a nice, they do a lovely green, and you could have the black pack so all the exterior chrome work is blacked in. And it looks quite subtle there, but, I mean, it's a relative thing. It is still a big old pair of bollocks being slapped in your face that car basically <laughs> it has I I guess it has is to it going presence. to get very quickly out of step with the world is it going to look out of step and then i was talking to a land rover dealer of my acquaintance and he said basically our customers don't give a shit yep and so and I, it's, it's, i'm sure it's, it'll sad. Be fine. it's sad but maybe yeah maybe they've got a half size version in in reserve that they'll just put that out if the world crumbles and you know, well, they were supposed to be doing a bespoke electric-only Range Rover, yeah. which was the sister car to that Jag XJ that got killed. And when the XJ got killed, the Range Rover went with it. And um, mm. I was talking to someone who worked on it who said that it was a really nice-looking car. It would have been quite good, but it's gone. So um, that's 
Well, that's that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, so so they've hard, <laughs> they've... a few of the little bits and pieces I've put in my notes. One of the things is the first Range Rover that's not permanent four wheel drive. It'll just sit and run in rear wheel drive for efficiency's sake. Oh, that's it, it nice. Need to be. I like it if, drive. if the systems all fail when I'm going across a particularly rutty, muddy terrain situation with my 23-inch wheels, which are no heavier than the 22s. Um, Is that right? Yeah, apparently. Good fact. Um, <laughs> you know, the base wheels The base wheels in the UK are 21s, for fact's sake. They, they love... The 23s are optional. All the press car pictures are all 23s in those. I'm, I don't know, and I'm not even an OCD person at all, but I don't like odd-numbered alloy wheel diameters they annoy me I don't know what I mean it's like I don't want 23s because that's an odd number that just sounds odd I'd, I'd rather uh, have 22s or 24s well you can have 22s it's okay don't worry so I just because it's always rolls that went, you can have 20s as well rolls always have 21s don't they they always went with the 21 thing and they seemed when they announced that <clears> it seemed like oh my god they've put cartwheels on it yeah. and here we are now with our Range Rovers on 23s it's, yeah. where does this end I did um, I did find myself looking at smaller alloy wheels I was looking at when, when they revealed the, the Range Rover when Jerry McGovern was doing his little uh, kind of chit chat around it I kept, what his hysterically terrible talk to all of us it was it was just, it was a little stiff um, I it was just <laughs> I mean I there are people from car companies who are seamlessly professional and slick when they talk to the press and Jerry McGovern is not one of those people <laughs> there are car company people who are quite likeable as well and um I think I think Jerry McGovern secretly wants to just drive around in a Dacia Spring but he just can't tell anyone <laughs> because it would it <laughs> wearing would, tracky bottoms. it would ruin it would ruin the sort of luxury lined uh, luxury lined lifestyle no that's one thing that reminded me given that sort of oh, there's all that very beautiful fair play to McGovern and his team you know they have done a great job on that I think it is a good bit of design it's really really nicely done and it's yeah. so sort of unlike anything else because there's so little to it where everyone else seems to be putting extra bits and details and lines and shit all over their <laughs> styling and they've gone no take it all off yeah and that it, but it doesn't look cheap or basic or stark it just looks sort of nice and simple big, um, yeah, big shout out but, to Jez Finbar Nick and Nick Involved in all of But when them. we went outside to look at that other car, they got parked nose to nose with the old one. And do you remember, you and me both noticed that it got what looked like sort of parking sensors all along the bottoms of the doors. Yeah. And we got inside and it's got buttons. And we realised it's got self-opening and closing doors. And the sensors are there to make sure that it doesn't wallop into something. And... So I gather, because I mentioned this to someone, I went, you haven't really talked about something. Oh, we're not talking about it yet because it's not, it's not, it's not available yet. But it, the Range Rover will, at some point, have these uh, self-opening doors. So you walk up to the car, the driver's door will swing open. When you get in, you put your foot on the brake to start it, and the door automatically closes for you. It's quite swishy. I'm not sure. I mean, how lazy do you need to be? But it's still quite a tricksy bit of thing. But it's not. I looked on the spec sheet when they announced the car, and it's not even an option yet. So that's coming at some point. There's a lot of bits still to come on that car. There is. And all I hope is... All I hope is is that Range Rover have sorted reliability. They've put that at the top of their notebook list in the new... Because it's all well and good having teeny tiny shut lines and crisp... Um, finishes and sh- and shapes and surfaces, um, and a lovely seat 
um, that I can eat my egg and cress sandwiches on on the tailgate. But if, but if the, but if genuine if it has <laughs> a bag of Watson. if it has twenty seven recalls a year and it just doesn't it doesn't work properly, I'm kind of out really. Yeah. I'm afraid. There are a mind-boggling number of electronic modules in that car. Yeah. The, the electrical the electrical system is derived from the one in the new Defender. Okay. Which is, so it's got the over-the-air updates with a twist because those two fins on the roof uh, are there partly because, unlike the Defender, the new Range Rover can receive over-the-air updates without interrupting its other connectivity features. So you can be sitting inside on the onboard Wi-Fi watching YouTube and the car can be over the air updating itself and the two won't clash. The Defender can't do that. Oh. It, has to, it has to shut down other things while it updates. You know, um, well, you know Tesla has the, um, the kind of open fire screensaver on the huge tablet on the dash. Yeah, yeah. Do you think the Range Rover one will have that, but you'll just see a hand come in and they'll just sprinkle £20 notes um, on, <laughs> onto, on, the onto the fire it's, it's the depreciation to remind you it's, it's the it's the sort of smug depreciation screensaver of like look I know but I don't care which is why I've bought three Range Rovers in the past I still don't care yeah. I'm a mug and I don't but care but that's I mean, their their customer retention is extraordinary, considering that they are famously not the most dependable cars in the world, and the glitches. And I'm not going to say anything about my Range Rover because I don't want to jinx it. But <laughs> I've had no problems recently. That's it. Now it'll explode. But yeah, they do need to make sure that that thing actually works because they're pushing their luck if they don't. It's that you know there is so much choice out there, and but nothing has the the feel and the prestige of a Range Rover. And I think. Even things like Bentaygas and stuff don't—they don't feel like Range Rovers. Yeah. Just yeah, there's nothing. The Queen has a Range Rover, but so does your local scrap metal dealer <laughs> and your local purveyor of illicit substances. And um, one of the people doing this podcast—it's a very broad spectrum of customers that that car attracts, and because it is there's, unique, there's in now the same way. Now as queer as folk. <laughs> Aye, um, we should wrap this up. Well, I'll leave you with one one fact which really scrambled my brain. Because it's a big old unit, that new car, but it has the same coefficient of, stra- of drag as uh, the original Aero Audi 100. Bloody hell. That they made a terrible fuss over. It had little stickers in the side windows saying CD 0.30. Well, that's the drag coefficient of the new Range Rover. Bloody hell. I mean, obviously, the Range Rover's frontal area is <laughs> bigger than the Audi's. <laughs> Let's not get bogged down in that now. I will leave you with the fact that um, if you want to leave a comment about this podcast, you can, and we welcome it. Apparently, you can put a star rating down. So, can you oh, give yeah. us a nice mark, and then yeah, I don't know. Then we we get a stroke on the back or something. Um, There's a sign that used to be in a hairdresser I used to go to that said it used to say, "If you don't like your haircut, tell us. If you like your haircut, tell others." Oh. And it's sort of the same would apply to this podcast, I say. But if you, hang on, if you just had your hair cut and you went, I don't like it, they go, hmm, come back to us in 10 weeks. Yeah, I'm afraid we can't stick it back on now. It's like, know. well, hang on a minute, I look Strange like Pat Sharp from the Funhouse. It's like, well, it's okay. <laughs> We're a bit busy now. I wanted to look like Gary Davis from the 80s. You've got it wrong. Um, anyway. <laughs> Right, well, uh, we've got to wrap this up, but uh, before we go, there's three things I've got to tell you. Uh, The first one is that this Saturday, the 6th of November, this very Saturday, if you're listening to this this week, uh, it's the Late Break Show Live in Manchester. Yeah, He'll be there, I'll be there. Uh, Colin Furs off the YouTubes will be there. 
Yes. And um, we'll be doing Q&A. We'll be doing a live pub quiz. We'll be doing a live idle chat with Colin. Uh, there'll be loads of different cars there. I'm going to bring my old Land Rover up. And We've got some special all... stuff. Everything from it's... the DB5 Junior No Time to Die spec to the Ineos Grenadier to the Bentley uh, Blower Zero, brand new old 1929 continuation car, and everything in between. Automotively eclectic. It is eclectic. It's the very definition of eclectic. It's in the, what used to be called the GMEX Centre in Manchester, the old station. You'll know it if you're local. Yep. It's blimmin' <clears throat> massive, and we're going to be in there yep. shouting, Hello, Manchester. Yep. Um, please come along. Tickets are on sale. Uh, are you doing walk-ins? Is that right? We are doing walk-ins. Yes, up? you can walk in, or you can just go to thelatebreakshow.com forward slash Manchester. We're trying to get um, the, the the Smiths, the Stone Roses, uh, Sean Ryder, as many... 808 State. 808, as many Mancunian music acts as possible to just call in. So don't be afraid if you're listening. Um, Come on down, please. Yeah. We're there, and one of the things we do at these shows is we just wander about and we talk to people and we sign stuff and we'll uh, as go on the basis of the Kent show. We'll draw a rude drawing of something <laughs> if you really want us to. <laughs> but yeah, we're around all day. We're there to chat, uh, and then we'll do a bit of rubbish on stage, and there'll be loads of nice cars to look at. Can't say fairer than that. Yes. Uh, the second thing I have to tell you is I've got a new book out. It's called Boring Car Trivia Three. You know the drill by now, but. Um, it's got lots of stuff in it, more than the previous two books. It's it's packed with dull facts. Packed uh, with facts. And there'll be copies available uh, at Late Break Show Live, actually. And if you come and ask me, I'll sign it or write something. Offensive. Oh, yeah. And there will be Smith & Sniff um, merchandise. And Smith & Sniff merch. We have merch as well, but there'll be that and Late Break merch and all sorts of everything there. You know, we're just hawking it. Like cheap market sellers. We're basically trying to recreate the vibe of uh, Albion Market, the uh, Manchester set soap opera from the 80s. <laughs> Those are the references, folks. Uh, and the third thing I've got to tell you is last week I said that um, in Psycho, they ran cold water through the shower at the right moment to get a shocked reaction from the actress Janet Lee. Well, I just said that off the top of my head because I thought it was true because uh, it related to something else we've been talking about. That I then subsequently checked it. It turns out that's bollocks. She's gone on record as saying that didn't happen. The water was perfectly warm. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, so she so was acting. She was just using acting. Okay, amazing, amazing. There we go. Um, so. Well, thank, and thanks, for, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you ever so much for listening. Um, we will uh, the next podcast we'll be recording probably in a hotel room in Manchester after the late break show live so between then and now hopefully we'll have seen a few of you in person but uh, until then thank you for listening goodbye thank you goodbye I've really got to go Rich we need to do this quick normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.